Hey guys, it's Sam here. Um, okay, today I wanted to take some time to talk about one of my absolute favorite subjects when it comes to nutrition, um, and that is gut health. So today we're going to chat a little bit about um, some symptoms that you might experience. Um, we're going to chat a little bit about um, the science behind it all um, and how you can hopefully alleviate some of your symptoms. So I think gut health is one of uh, my biggest passions when it comes to nutrition because I suffered from um, an array of, you know, um, digestive symptoms when I was in college, actually leading up to when I chose to do nutrition. Um so I think if you've been there, you know how kind of debilitating digestive issues can be not only on your physical health, but your mental health as well. Um, we're going to talk poop, so hope everyone is okay with that. I'm totally fine with it. I just feel like, um, you know, your body's way of eliminating things is a huge sign of your internal health. So um, yeah, here we go. Um, so when I was, you know, back uh, when I was in college, I suffered a lot of um, from a lot of bloating. Um, that was huge gas every now and then, but it was pretty un kind of, you know, didn't really correlate to any specific foods that I was eating. Um, I know that I've had some people, um, say they get constipated or some others that say they have diarrhea, or maybe it's kind of like an alternation of the two. Um, but can, you know, with myself and from clients that I've been working with is that you can never really pinpoint exactly, um, what would cause it. So today I just wanted to chime in here and give you some tips, um, if you are suffering from any of those symptoms, um, and just be aware that, you know, there is a connection to gut brain axis that, um, also can cause things like, uh, brain fog and fatigue. Um, so it's not necessarily always kind of, you know, abdominal, um, changes or discomfort, but it can also be mental as well. Uh, so anyways, we're going to talk a little bit about everything today. Um, yeah, so I think that at the bottom line, you know, the root cause of digestive issues generally come from inflammation. So when I say inflammation, um, this could be coming from, you know, um, consuming foods that you're maybe sensitive to or maybe um, intolerant to. Um, overtraining at the gym, that's going to cause a lot of uh, inflammation in the body. Um, stress, so mental stress as well. So maybe some like, um, you know, deadlines at work that you have to hit or a bill that you have to pay. Um, another huge one is negative thoughts. Um, so negative thoughts, whatever that is, um, often is around, you know, your body. Like I said, um, digestive issues can be very mentally taxing. Um, and then another one could be lack of sleep. So sleep um, is huge when it comes to decreasing inflammation. So all stress, whether it's mental or physical, emotional, spiritual, um, it's going to either create acute stressors or kind of over time turn into chronic low-level stressors that's going to activate your sympathetic nervous system. So your sympathetic nervous system, you can think of this as kind of like your, flight or f your fight or flight, right? Um, so anytime your body is in kind of that fight or flight response, it's going to release hormones, um, like stress hormones. You can think of these as like um, cortisol is one that pops up, noradrenaline, adrenaline. So anytime you're kind of in this sympathetic nervous system, those hormones are slowly going to be being produced. Um, when these hormones are being produced, there's kind of a series of chemical reactions that basically diverts blood away from your digestive organs and it goes to your limbs. So you can think of, you know, back in the day of, um, not in our time, but <laughs> our ancestors of, so you think of your fight or flight response as like running away from a bear, right? So anytime your body has this perceived stress, um, you're, you're going to switch into that sympathetic nervous system. 
which is also going to slow your stomach acid and it's going to, you know, um, diminish the digestive enzymes that are being secreted. So it's going to impede your overall um, food and digestion. So think of eating during periods of stress is almost kind of like force feeding yourself when you're being chased by a bear in a very dramatic sense. Um, But it's going to have that exact same um, body response. So I think over time, um, these, the negative impact of stress on your digestion can worsen and it can actually start to manifest into things like IBS, so irritable bowel, irritable bowel syndrome. Um, it can also create nutritional deficiencies, um, gut dysbiosis, so this is the balance of bacteria that is in your gut, so your microbiome. Um, so everyone has good bacteria, everyone has bad bacteria, everyone has yeast, everyone has fungus, everyone has parasites. It's just kind of how it works down there, but it's all about balance. So um, over time, the stress can actually increase the um, poor bacteria that is living in your gut, which can, in in and of its own, can create a host of different issues. Um It can increase the intestinal permeability of your gut. So this is also referred to as leaky gut. Um, Again, which can create some, you know, further your sensitivities and intolerances, create allergies and a host of different kind of ailments within the body. So we can see how over time, um, constantly being in this kind of sympathetic uh, nervous system is going to affect your digestion and going to affect your overall health. Um, Controversially, we also have um, something called our parasympathetic nervous system. So when your body is in this kind of state, um, you can think of this as your rest and digest system. So a good way to help kind of alleviate um, your signs and symptoms of digestive discomfort, so a good way to alleviate bloating or gas or, um, you know, just taking the time to... um, yeah, alleviate your systems is uh, making a conscious effort to activate this parasympathetic nervous system with kind of mindful eating practices. So I'm probably not the first person to tell you to, um, you know, sit at a table when you eat or try not to eat when you're rushed or stressed. But when this uh, system is dominant, the body is, you know, relaxing the sphincter muscles in your digestive system to, um, you know, have the blood flow go to your digestive organs to basically optimize the breakdown, um, assimilation, and absorption of these nutri- like nutrients from your food. Um, yeah, so I guess a quick couple of examples to kind of turn on your parasympathetic nervous system is to take like a 10-minute walk before you eat something. So I think oftentimes um, I'm really bad at getting caught up in emails or you know at work, and then you're just like, okay, I only have 30 minutes to eat lunch. Um, and kind of rush into lunch and then before you know it you're just shoveling food in your mouth so I think taking a 10 minute walk before you're eating will kind of just ease your mind and uh, help put you in this parasympathetic nervous system Um, another thing is putting away all distractions so this includes your phone Um, again I'm often one of those ones that's scrolling through some sort of social media or checking emails when I'm trying to eat Um, so just put your phone down Get up and move away from the computer. Uh, Maybe go to a lunchroom or go outside um, to enjoy your lunch and get away from these distractions. Um, Another one's focus on your food. So kind of this one might sound pretty hippy-dippy, but just kind of reflecting on the different tastes and textures of each bite. Um, I think that food's going to be more enjoyable this way as well. Um, 
yeah, a last one here is just basically to chew your food. <laughs> this is huge. Uh, chew your food, you know, and anywhere between 20 to 30 times. This is gonna help kind of release the enzymes and create um, less work downstream for your digestive tract and to break foods down and also help increase nutrient absorption. So it's also gonna cre help, cre um, help with peristalsis as well, so the movement of food through your digestive tract. So chewing your food, um, not that you have to count every time, but just make sure that you're adequately chewing. I think a lot of us, you know, shovel in the next bite of food before we even swallow. So just trying to be conscious of that. Um, yeah, so those are some of the basics um, I think that you should have nailed down before you make some more changes. So unfortunately, if these basics aren't being met, so if you're still eating at your desk while replying emails or you're not chewing your food properly, it's not, you're not going to be able to obtain long-term lasting change if you're not going to put in the daily work. So just be cognizant of that as well. Um, some other things that are a little bit more complex that could be, you know, if you have all those basics hammered down, you're like, yep, I'm doing those and I'm still getting these symptoms. Um, food allergies and sensitivities and intolerances can develop later on in life and are often due to kind of like a weakening of the intestinal lining. So in your intestine, that's where nutrient absorption happens, specifically your small intestine. So our small intestine is one cell thick, that's it. So it's super, super, super small and it's selectively permeable. So it controls what goes in, or pardon me, what goes out of the, or like, I guess what I'm trying to say is what gets absorbed um, through your small intestine to go to your bloodstream. And it also prevents, um, you know, things coming into your digestive tract. Um, so over time with, you know, improperly digested foods and improperly assimilated foods, our permeability can actually increase. And this, so this is basically saying that the space between the cells and the intestinal tract become larger. Um, and this is, can lead to something called leaky gut. So when we have leaky gut is those spaces in between cells kind of allow, or like those increased spaces between cells allow for, um, you know, undigested food to pass through, um, bacteria that might be on food, viruses. Um, and if those get into our bloodstream, all of that is going to trigger inflammation. Um, yeah, so again, that kind of leads us back to that first point of, I feel like inflammation is the, the root cause of digestive ailments. Um, so if you have a food sensitivity or, or allergy, your immune system basically identifies this food as a, like a foreign invader. Um, so your body basically thinks that it needs to protect you. Um, it thinks of this as a virus or, um, as a bacteria and it produces antibodies to do so. So your immune system plays, um, you know, not only a role in food sensitivities and allergies, but the food reaction will kind of recruit different immune cells and could lead to different immune responses and resulting s symptoms. So... For allergies, um, we have antibodies that are called IgE antibodies that send messages to the other immune system cells that basically can cause the typical allergic reaction that we think of or anaphylaxis. So this isn't a more serious side. Um, obviously, it can be fatal. With food sensitivities, your body produces IgG antibodies. So this would could be lead to more kind of low-key, subtle, but longer-lasting effects. Um, food intolerances, on the other hand, mainly affect your digestive system. So these symptoms can be really wide-ranging. 
Um, intolerances often can lead to kind of like micro-inflammation um, in the intestinal tissue, which can also affect the other systems of the body and may explain why, you know, an intolerance shows up as kind of unrelated to the systems that I was talking, or symptoms that I was talking about before. So before we were talking about, um, you know, bloating, uh, gas, constipation, or diarrhea. Um, these kind of symptoms could be things like nasal congestion or brain fog. Um, fatigue is another one, so often not feeling rested. Um, yeah, so the good news is that working to kind of improve the integrity of your gut through, you know, a, a protocol that's unique to you as an individual um, is going to kind of enable you to digest a wider variety of foods. Um, without any digestive issues. Um, so a couple ways, I'm gonna leave you guys today with a couple ways to improve your health and your, the, I guess the integrity of your gut. Um, so the first one would be to remove all the food that might be, that might be trigger, triggering inflammation. Again, this is gonna vary person to person. Um, common ones often include dairy, uh, wheat, sugar is a huge one, soy, um, eggs, um, artificial sweeteners as well. So just try cutting out foods that you think might be, you might be sensitive to or you think might be triggering um, these, you know, symptoms for at least four weeks um, before reintroducing any of them to just to kind of monitor, monitor your, your body and any reactions that you might have. Um, another tip would be to consume collagen-rich foods. So um, collagen is found, um, is super, super important for kind of rebuilding your gut lining and has... Um, really good therapeutic effects on your gut entirely. So um, bone broth is a huge, um, pardon me, contains collagen um, and is a really, really good source. Um, yeah, or bone-in kind of skin, like bone-in meats or like skin-on meats is also going to create a, or contain a lot of collagen. Um, you can also take a collagen supplement. I personally prefer getting things from food if you can. Um, okay, third one is to consume prebiotics as well. So asparagus and oats um, contain a lot of prebiotics. So prebiotics are basically food for probiotics. So probiotics are the good bacteria in your gut. Um, prebiotics basically feed and help the probiotics thrive. Um, Fiber-rich foods will also contain a lot of prebiotics, so non-starchy veggies. Um, and then, yeah, contain, I guess um, on that note, also including probiotic Probiotics like, um, you know, uh, kombucha is going to be a huge one. Um, miso is going to be a huge one, all that, though that does contain soy. So if that's one of those foods that you think you might be intolerant to. Um, yeah, pickled vegetables. There's coconut yogurt, kefir, all of those things. So we want to be including a lot of fermented foods. Um, eat healthy fats. So extra virgin olive oil, coconut oil, ghee, um, avocado, avocado oil, grass-fed um, red meat, wild-caught fish. So all of these things are going to be um, contain short-chain fatty acids, which basically helps feed the cells that line your gut, and they're going to help them heal. So um, bringing in a lot of healthy fat. And then lastly, we're going to leave on this note because it is the Driftwood Podcast, is just to get regular movement. Um, so make sure you're moving your body. Make sure we're exercising because exercise um, improves the transport of oxygen within the body and through the digestive tract. So it's going to help kind of promote the presence of um, activity and diversity of gut microbiomes, um, especially the ones that produce kind of the gut healing fatty acids. So a 15-minute uh, post-meal walk 
has been shown to, you know, be really powerful and and um, impact on optimizing the digestive process. So, taking those all those things into consideration, um, yeah, I hope this was super helpful. Um, again, gut health is probably one of my favorite subjects in nutrition because it affects so much um, of your body um, and all the different kind of body systems. Um, feel free to pick my brain on it any day. Um, I hope you guys have a good one. That is it for all today. Okay, bye.